This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. the grapevine that uh, my devil's advocate case for uh, Joel Embiid is falling on deaf ears these days. Well, that's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you for not hopping on board. I'm kidding, of course. So I thought that actually, we got a few things on the docket here over the next couple of shows and I wasn't certain exactly what order I wanted to do them in. I just thought I'd hit the damn record button and just fly and see which one fits better. First of all, hi. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespers. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, everybody. Hope you guys have been enjoying some of our off-season silliness this year as we now pivot into kind of the count up towards the start of the NBA season. We've got Yahoo stuff. We've got we did a mock, a live mock yesterday. That was goofy. I don't know if that was the greatest idea on the face of the earth, but it was fun. It was fun just to try to kind of slam through it. Anyway, today, uh, docket item number one is that Yahoo has already adjusted their pre-ranks, which we kind of knew was going to happen, but I thought it would take them a little bit longer. Uh, docket item number two is some of the really big names that are in different spots than we expect. Not so much like, here's a sleeper guy, but like as we were doing the uh, the live mock yesterday, the one that jumped out to me was that Zion has that pre-rank down near 80. That's something we'll get to at a certain point. Probably not yet. I just think it's it's an exercise in treadmilling. I don't know if you guys know this about me, and it doesn't really add up with what I do for a living, but one of my pet peeves is uh, talking in circles, which I try not to do on the podcast. I'm sure I do it all the time, but when I say talk in circles, that doesn't mean that like to really talk something down to its nubs. I'm actually okay with that side of the equation. I am a very slow decision maker in life. So I will, you know, I need a new, for instance, for example, por ejemplo, we need a new television in our bedroom here at home. The one that we're currently using, uh, my wife, who was not even my fiance yet at this point, uh, got, I think her, her parents and my parents or something like that to all come together uh, for a birthday present for me in 2009? That can't be right. 2009 or 2010, I can't remember which. It wasn't a special birthday. I guess I would have been, what, 26, 27 for those? In any event, it's an old television. 
it's hanging on. It works, but the uh, remote control sensor is dead. So I'll be looking at a potential new television for the bedroom. And the ones that fit in this spot are like 45 inches or less. So I've really, like, there just aren't that many choices. And it still takes me weeks to figure out what I want to do. I'm looking at every little speck. I want to go see how they look in person. I want to see how the blacks look, the colors look, all that stuff, the 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 uh, how do you adjust brightness, all the, all the little settings. It takes me weeks, and that's a small decision. So not that part of talking in circles. What I would hate to do is to do all that work, make my decision, and then have someone come back and try to start me over. That drives me insane. So work, basically work for nothing. Do a bunch of work, have it mean nothing at all. Drives me crazy. And that's basically what analyzing the, the ranks board is right now, which I realize we did on Friday, but that was also kind of a gimmick show in that I analyzed it in real time. I pulled it up for the first time with you guys on that show, and we just yelled about it as I was looking at the different names, and we only got through like the top whatever, what it was, first, top 20. So that was a goofball show. And then yesterday was a little bit of a gimmicky show also because who gives a crap about a mock draft right now? It was more of a celebration of the fact that they even exist. We can actually do them right now. So fun, fun, and still the off season. so I have a little bit of time to kind of kick ideas around. But if we're really going to do stuff that's helpful right now, it's probably not looking at the already adjusted pre-ranks because based on what we're seeing so far, Yahoo's going to make tweaks to these every damn day. Like, they're not, they're not even waiting for the big, you know, every two to three week overhaul. They're already moving names around. And I don't know if that's how they're going to keep doing it going forward, but I'm under the impression that it is based on how quickly they made tweaks here. We still don't have our first round of ADP data, which I will analyze because... That stuff matters because once you have ADP data, it factors into all future ADP information. So that's something that we're going to focus on quickly uh, and consistently during our run-up to fantasy drafts. But looking at each pre-rank right now is an exercise in circle talking. So what I'd rather do, and it was actually uh, a little bit of an off-the-cuff tweet that that prompted me to think about this thing differently is that now that you're seeing the board not settling that's not the right word for it because it's far from that we just talked about everybody's getting moved around but at the very top the tippy top of the board the names are shifting and they have shifted to create this kind of top seven that I don't know if we could, cons uh, prior to this, I don't know that we could comfortably say those were the guys up there. Because remember, what we talked about a little ways back was, oh, here's all the cases for guys to be taken at three behind Jokic, behind Embiid. And we went through Luka, we went through Tatum, we went through Halliburton, we went through Shea, we went through Steph. Uh, there were, what, two more? We went through Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. And I think that was the list at that point. As expected, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis are not in that 
who are you going to take at three board? But the other five names that we talked about have settled into those spots. I don't think we did that, by the way. I don't want to give myself credit. It's not us. This was just this was sort of obvious. What order they go in remains still a little bit up for grabs, but it is now seemingly some iteration of Luka or Halliburton or Tatum going in that first slot behind Embiid. Shea seems to be behind those guys now. Yahoo's adjusted their board, and everybody has ratcheted his numbers down for this season with the expectation that there will be help, I guess. And then Steph seemingly slotting in above the field by himself, pretty much, in that sort of, all right, well, if these guys are all gone, I'm going Steph, number seven. But it seems like now we need a new batch of shows to figure out who on God's green earth is going eighth. And it may come down to how you want to build your fantasy team, because I think the consensus here is probably going to end up being Giannis who Yahoo has at a pre-rank of 14 right now, but there's almost no chance he falls to 14 in any head-to-head league. Perhaps he falls that far in a Roto league, but you'll see someone with a pick at the end of the first round punt something in Roto, because it's really hard to win a league when you have a pick at the very end of the first round. It's harder. Oh, it can be done. It's not impossible. Although a couple years ago when all of those guys at the end of the first round and the beginning of the second round were either injured or terrible, it actually kind of was impossible. But typically, it's not impossible. And if you go back to last year, the guys you got at the end of the first round were like generally fine. They didn't blow the doors off the building. Harden was going in that range. He was fine last year. Harden was number 17. He was banged up a bit, but he was fine. Who the hell else went towards the end of the first round? Kyrie was in that range. He ended up fine. So, like, you did fine. It wasn't quite as large a mess as the previous year. But it is still harder because the guys that went at the top of the draft last year, namely Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, finished at the top of the board. That's often, not always, but often... The way it is. You have an early pick. You have a built-in advantage. It's just how it works. And I get it. Auction draft eliminates that. But we don't all have time for two to four hour drafts for all of our leagues. I like to enter a bunch of different leagues. I think there's a certain fun to doing drafts from different positions and trying to figure out how to build teams that way. Uh, And so I'm... Damn it, I'm sticking with it for now. With, again, the uh, ready admission that an auction draft is more fair. And if I'm going to argue for Roto being more fair, then perhaps I should argue for doing all the things that are more fair. But also, there's a time issue for me. And you know, the way we built this show, Fantasy NBA Today, our main tenet to fantasy basketball on this show is simplify it. And that also means doing, getting the most out of the least amount of labor. Which is a snake draft, because you get a league out of less labor. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. 
Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Easier to find, too, by the way. There are just, there are just more of them. So if we all accept, so let's do a little, you know, philosophy of logic. At Cal, it was uh, philosophy 12A. I remember the course, math logic. Wasn't a philosophy course at all. I don't know why it was categorized under philosophy, but it was basically if P, then Q as a full semester course. By the way, really enjoyed it. But one of the things that you can do in that class or in that field, field of logic for, uh, for the very first lowest level college course you can take, is that you just assume one thing to be true or untrue, and then you use that to work towards a particular conclusion, whatever that is. So whether or not you agree, we are going to take this premise to be true. Colon. Those top seven are off the board... And you have pick 8, or 9, or 10, or 11, or 12. We are assuming that to be true. Meaning that as we work our way through this discussion, you can't be like, well, what if those guys falls to me? They didn't. In this scenario, it's a hypothetical, but we are assuming it to be the case. What do you do at pick 8 or deeper in the first round? Because it is a bleeping free-for-all at that point. In just a couple of mocks that I've uh, sat in on, I'd like to say that I've done them, but as you guys heard on yesterday's show, I ain't doing anything in those mocks because I just want to see what everybody else is doing. Uh, Even in those, it's already a free-for-all. And it had a really fun reply on social, which again, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Go hang out with me over there. We're talking about some of this stuff, actually, uh, over on social media. Giannis went eight. Which I think is ultimately where he's going to go. I don't care what his ADP says or what his pre-rank says. I think he's going to be the guy that goes at eight. Because it's a, such a free-for-all. And so the the desire, I guess maybe we could even say number nine at this point, the desire to do a punt goes from relatively low at the top of the draft when you can get guys who are good at a whole bunch of stuff, you don't need to punt anything, to now you're debating between, and these are some of the names of guys that are going in that range, just like you can work off of the Yahoo page. We've already talked about Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. Those guys are still available after we uh, clearly failed to make a case to take them at three. Not that any of us would actually do that. 
So KD and AD, they're still on the board. Dame is still on the board. Giannis, who we just talked about. The other guys ranked pretty highly on Yahoo's page are LaMelo Ball, Kyrie Irving, Jaron Jackson Jr., Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards. I don't think I need to go any farther than that. That was nine names I just gave you guys, which is effectively eight through 16 on the Yahoo board in some order. And I'd be floored if anybody else went at eight besides one of those names. There's one other player. It's Donovan Mitchell. That's the only other player I could see maybe getting rocketed up to that point, but that's very aggressive. Considering he was, I thought, as good as he could possibly be last year, and he finished at number 15. I I don't, there's nowhere else for him to go. I don't, I mean, I guess assists could go up from 4.4, but really, where else? He had an all-world season last year. Everything went right, and he was number 15. No one's taking Jimmy Butler there or Kawhi Leonard, even though those guys on a per-game basis have a better shot than maybe all of these other dudes, other than Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. There's just too much risk. And so what does that end up meaning for people? Well, let's take an example. Let's let's call it Giannis on today's show. And today's show will basically be part one was what is this whole situation meaning? Like what we've talked about over the last 10 minutes. The setup. I guess you'd call that the setup. This is like act one of our play. Act one is... What's up with the top seven, and then what's up with everything coming after that? And so what I'd like to do here, probably for... Well, today's show, we're only going to talk about Giannis, but then we may... What I'll probably end up doing is call it two shows where we go over the cases for some of these other guys now. And you can kind of see how the board comes together over time. This is how we get to October. What you'll see in October is what we're talking about on these shows. We talked about the case for all those different guys to go at the number three spot, and you're seeing a lot of them slot in there. Everybody except Dame and Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant has slotted in right where we thought they would. Luka, Tatum, Halliburton, Shea, Steph. The world hath spoken, and the world spoketh that those five guys of the eight that we talked about deserve the next bucket. There's the Jokic-Embiid bucket at the top, which effectively is a Jokic and then an Embiid bucket. Try as I might to play devil's advocate. I don't think I'm winning that battle. Now there's bucket number three, which is Luka, Tatum, Halley, Shea, and Steph. And now we're into bucket number four, which is those nine players I talked about. Giannis, who maybe he gets his own bucket at the end of this with pick number eight. And then the other players I named, in case you forgot them, and I know that this is something that comes up. We we podcasters don't repeat the names of players we're talking about nearly as often because I'm looking at them on a screen, but you're not. So it's Giannis, probably at eight. Not going to give him his own bucket yet. But the other eight names are Dame, Kevin Durant, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Jaron Jackson Jr., Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards. Those are the nine names 
that are fighting for the number eight pick spot, with some obviously having a better case than others. I know, as you're hearing them, I'm sure you heard me say Devin Booker, and you were like, what are you even doing here, Dan? Well, different formats are going to create different boards. I personally don't think Devin Booker has any business going in the first round. I don't think Devin Booker has any business going in the second round on a per-game basis. Maybe he has a super healthy season and gets there by totals, but his job is getting smaller season over season. And while I do love the fact that he's a positive percentages guy, you know I love the PPGs on this show, the positive percentages guys, he doesn't do enough other stuff to buffer against usage loss, which is going to happen with Bradley Beal and now a fully healthy Kevin Durant. By his side. Hey, do you guys like the fact that in the middle of yesterday's mock draft show, I just kept singing very short snippets of high hopes? <laughs> oh, Lord. I think uh, I'm trying to remember my childhood, but it's a little hazy now as I as I become a more aged man. But I'm fairly certain that in my first grade play, one of the one of the there were like different animals in it, and I think one of the groups of animals had to sing high hopes. Was it the ant? Might have been the ant. I played the inchworm, if you want a good laugh. I was not in a group of animals, I was the lone inchworm. And a young girl, I <laughs> I don't know why I remember this. Stephanie Roach sang uh Inchworm, which I believe is a song. Uh, what's this song about measuring miracles? Well, they changed it to measuring the marigolds, and tiny little Dan used a tape measure, and I measured flowers that were painted on the backdrop. That was my first grade play. I don't know why I remember that. I was six years old. Absurd. Uh, anyway, back to the topic at hand, because... Lost in thought over here. So that was phase one. Act one was setting up the premise. We've set up the premise. It took us like 14 minutes to do it, but we did it. Phase two is just like we did with our early discussions. Can we make a reasonable case for any of these players? I thought for our, our first one, which was the case for Joel Embiid to go number one, I thought we made actually a reasonable case. Again, no one's going to do it because Jokic is alive. But then the second part of this discussion was the case for different guys to go at number three. Luka's always going to be more bullish. The world is going to be more bullish on him because he excels in eight cat versus nine, and he excels in points versus any category league. So he's always going to get a little bit of a bump. And then there's this hope that, you know, this is the magic year where free throw comes around. That's still a possibility with him. And so there is that, that little click. Now, personally, uh, I thought Halliburton and Shea had better nine category cases for that spot. Right now, Jason Tatum is ahead of those dudes on Yahoo. I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, per game basis, those guys both had Tatum. Shea might come back to the pack a little bit. I still think he was far enough ahead where like, maybe we're overthinking that one a little bit. Halliburton and Tatum were much closer on a per-game side. Uh, I think they played pretty equal number of games this coming season, so 
probably why I would lean to the Halliburton side. You also get that big assist bump. You get the positive percentages stuff. So there's a lot of things to like there. But regardless, we made our cases. We knew the guys that weren't going to be part of it were Dame because of the trade stuff, Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant because of the injury stuff. And so they now fall into this next grouping. But let's just start with Giannis, because I believe personally that he's the pick at eight for the masses, and he's probably, frankly, the pick for me in head-to-head leagues at eight. You guys know I don't like to punt. Not a, I'm really not a fan of it, especially on draft night. I am not at all opposed to what I've uh, called the give-up, which is the mid-season punt strategy. Kind of like a, oops, here we ended up here. Oh no, I'm bottom three in steals. Although I don't think I would ever do it on those. Steals and blocks, you can move up the board so damn quickly that I don't think I'd ever give up on those. Oh no, I'm bottom three in assists at the midseason point. Uh, I have one guy on my team who averages seven assists per ball game. At that point, I'm trading that guy away. Because maybe I'm also mid-pack in steals and blocks, and if I trade that guy for someone who excels in those... The most I could lose on the Roto side, or head-to-head, but head-to-head the argument is easier to punt. On the Roto side, I'm only getting three Roto points for assists. The most I could lose is two. And odds are one of those teams probably gives up before the end of the season, and I probably only lose lose one Roto point in assists, where if I go attack someone who's more elite in steals and blocks, go get a guy that can get you those, I mean, maybe I forget seven. Let's say I have a guy on my team who's actually getting closer to eight assists. That's a guy that you can get something back for. You go get someone who can gain you one or two points in steals and blocks or blocks and rebounds or something like that. You just want an ROI positive. But we can talk about that more as as the season gets cooking. That's the midseason give up. Typically, I don't like to punt on draft night. But I do think that this year poses a brand new opportunity and that opportunity is Giannis Antetokounmpo who for years has gone top four he's always been right up there right next to Luka in the oh I guess we'll just punt free throw group but for some reason this last season and I don't like I get that Giannis's free throw shooting was so horrendous that it's just like you can't ignore it And if you go back to last year, not this most recent season, but the 2021, the one that started in 2021, Giannis was shooting 72% at the free throw line. So he was a punt guy, but you could sort of paste over him with a couple of okay foul shooters and end up mid-pack at least, or like fourth from the bottom. This last season, he was so bad that you will lose free throws every week in head-to-head and every full season in Roto that uh, there was just no papering over it. But at the same time, weren't you kind of looking that way anyway? Like, if you took Giannis at four this past season, you probably were building a punt-free-throw team to begin with. And then his other stuff really didn't change all that much. Look at the last two seasons for Giannis, I guess. His scoring actually went up by a point. 1.2. His rebounding went up by 0.2. 
assists and block or assists were down by 0.1. Steals and blocks is where you saw the erosion this last year, which I mean, I guess we could assume that that continues, but also this was far and away his worst steals blocks year since his rookie campaign. I'm inclined to believe that one or both of those comes back a little bit. We've talked about it before. If you're punting free throws this year, Giannis goes from wherever the hell he was, like top 200 range, up to number nine. He only played in 63 games. That is a concern going forward, so you don't get the guaranteed health. But the guys we're debating against here... Are you getting guaranteed health out of those dudes? Kevin Durant? No. Anthony Davis? No. Dame? Uh, There's a lot up in the air about that. LaMelo's been pretty hurt. Kyrie's in and out of focus. (laughs) Camera one, camera two. JJJ? He was healthy once he came back, but... mm, Booker missed a ton of time. The The only name, really, in this whole list of guys I just brought up... Is Anthony Edwards. That guy stayed healthy. By the way, I do think he's going to end up going earlier than some of these dudes because of that very argument. But, boy, it's hard to argue against Giannis at eight when you're looking at who you're putting him up against. Now, if you think Kevin Durant plays about the same number of games as Giannis. Maybe that's the direction you go. Anthony Davis. Oh, God. I love his fantasy game, but boy, I'm nervous as heck. So maybe what I should say here to top off today's episode, which again is kind of, we can probably just call this, what do we do at pick eight? Or the case for Giannis at ace. Is that I don't even know that I need to make the case for Giannis at eight. I think that's just going to happen. And we have a decision to make between now and when we have our fantasy drafts, which is, are we comfortable taking him there and going punt mode at pick eight? Because you've got 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. It's not coming back to you until pick 17. You're probably not taking a punt free throw player in the second round, at least not the way that the board is currently lined up. Maybe. I guess you could reach a little bit for one, but pretty much everybody pre-ranked in that range in the second round can shoot free throws. And Demonis Sabonis is like the only one in the whole second round who's not, well, Anthony Edwards, I guess, but he's probably not getting back to you. Pretty Basically, everybody else pre-ranked in the second round is an excellent free throw shooter besides Demonis Sabonis. Are we comfortable starting a punt free throw build at pick eight? That's the question. Or... Do you assume Giannis misses close to 20 games again and say, all right, well, if he's going to miss 20 games, I'll just take someone who isn't a punt in anything and hope that they only miss 20 games. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Thus begins our two to three to maybe probably three episode tour de force on what to do as you work your way towards the end of the first round because I really don't see this part of the board changing that much, perhaps with the exception of what order Yahoo lines them up in front of your face in. I could be wrong. We might see a a trickling of names in there, but 
I'm assuming you guys agree. How many of these players in that 8 through 16, how many of them do you think fall out of that zone? Devin Booker, maybe? We'll see about that one. Thanks for listening, everybody. I am Dan Vespers for Fantasy NBA Today. Tomorrow, we'll hit on some of those other names. Do they make sense? Should we rehash the Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis discussion for this new part of the draft? I think we just might. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.